Asia Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All views of the world should unite by this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, good morning listeners and welcome to the program of um, Asia Pacific um, Currents. Um, I've got a feeling that some of those uh, community announcements were a bit low. I think we're having a bit of a technical problem but I see that my uh, levels are coming out uh, nice and strong so that's um, fantastic. Uh, My name is Pierre Morrow, I'm bringing you this week's program of Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on labour issues in the Asia Pacific Pacific region. And if you're going to uh, want to get in contact with us, you can go to our website, www.aawl.org.au, or go to our um, Facebook page. And of course, we're on Twitter as well. And thank you very much to um, Solidarity Breakfast for another uh, very interesting program about uh, labour issues all around the world, really. So that's great. Now, on today's program, you'll hear the um, the usual roundup of news around the the region, and in the second half of um, of the program, I'll be speaking to Colin Long, who is the um, secretary of the National Tra- um, Tertiary Education Union, about the um, the climate rally and the fact that uh, yet that was held yesterday in Melbourne, and about um, the involvement on unions and why are unions involved in the whole climate change debate. So that will be in the second half of the program, sometime between quarter past nine and 20 past um, nine. Um, you're listening to 3CR Radio. And um, just to give uh, uh, a quick announcement, I'll say it again, that um, um, one of the issues that we've brought um, here and um, we focus on, on, on other countries as, as, as well, the, the rise of far-right groups that target minority, and whether you know, it's in India, in Sri Lanka, in, um, um, in Bangladesh, um, in, in, in Burma, or Myanmar, uh, or Indonesia, we do, um, we do see that there is a, a rise of far-right um, parties and, and militias and organisation, and each country has their own um, variety and their own characteristics. Well, here in Australia... Uh, we've had our own uh, far-right parties that have grown over the last, um, really, last 18 months very quickly, unfortunately. Here in Melbourne, the two main ones are Reclaim Australia and the United Patriots Front. Well, the United Patriots Front has actually called a snap action for today. Uh, there is a, now a counter rally. There is a um, there is a um, anti-racist uh, dance party starting at 11 a.m. at the... Um, at the um, at the Treasury Gardens, and then will be followed by a um, a, a counter protest starting at half past twelve um, at uh, Treasury Gardens at the um, at the Treasury Place. Um, we've actually just heard that the um, UPF have, have just um, moved and put their times uh, slightly earlier, but uh, they're actually um, rallying. Um, at Parliament House at quarter past twelve, but um, we we're not too sure. So there's the so we're actually rallying at Treasury Garden. So if you want to get there early, it's going to start at eleven o'clock with the dance party and then the counter demo sometime after that. But I'll repeat this uh, later on the program. But um, we'll go straight to um, the news items and um, 
And really, uh, some of the news items are, are pretty terrible, uh, unfortunately. Um, this week, uh, we go to Myanmar start, firstly. This week, a landslide at a jade mine in northern Kachin State buried over 100 miners, with many more missing. This landslide was only the most recent one in the area where corruption, repression and deregulation all create the conditions for these deadly accidents. Miners are forced to work in precarious conditions, often in semi-legal situation, to eke out a living while the profits for the owners of these mines are measured in billions of dollars annually. And of course, only the establishment of independent unions will improve the health and safety of workers and their families in the region. We now go to uh, next door to China, where another unfortunate uh, workplace accident, where last week another deadly fire at a coal mine in northeastern Heilongjiang province in um, China claimed the lives of at least 21 workers. Unfortunately, this is not an isolated event, as the Chinese coal industry has an appalling safety record, even though I can actually report that in the last 18 months, just because there has so, been so much publicity and pressure, uh, improvements have been made. And, and Although that's relative, because instead of 1,000 dying, they're only in the hundreds now dying, so it's still shocking. Um, nevertheless, for millions of workers in China, workplaces remain a dangerous place with overall with thousands of deaths and injuries every year. And, the ra- and really the, the reasons behind that are because there is a race to cut costs and increase profits and, uh, and occupational health and safety and safety concerns then get cut. This is Nick from Pinar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. Last week, we um, reported that the uh, Korean uh, Union staged a uh, massive uh, rally. I think we reported that uh, there were around 100,000 people. I think the latter estimate was that there were about 130,000 uh, people. Uh, but though at the end of the rally, the police actually attacked the um, the demonstration. Um, and actually, there is actually uh, one person who is in a coma because of the injuries they sustained uh, from the police at that rally. The um, the Now, the demonstration was all about against the government's uh, anti um, labor laws and he was calling on the government to resign um, now while the police did attack at the end of the of the of the day these attacks have continued in um, in following from that demonstration police have conducted raids on the offices of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions as well as other unions I believe they actually um, uh, raided eight officers uh, of, of union officers. They have also issued arrest warrant against the leader of the KCTU, Hang Sang Kyung, who is now hiding in a Buddhist temple. And um, regular listeners um, would actually—that's um, my phone. I shouldn't have left it on, should I? Um, the um, sorry, that's very that's very bad. Um, the um, l- regular listeners would actually know that 
that um, Hang Sang-hyun um, was actually the leader of the Sangyeon um, Motor Company workers who um, staged a two-and-a-half-month uh, occupation and strike uh, back in 2009. And Hang Sang-kyun actually spent three years in jail because of that. Um, so he's facing jail again. A number of international unions have expressed their support for the KCTU and their leader, Hang Sang-kyun. Um, another rally has been called by the KCTU for the 5th of December, but the police have already stated that they will uh, declare this rally illegal. So um, uh, the, the, the issue for workers in South Korea are starting to become quite dire and um, really going back to the dark days of the 60s and 70s when, and when they were facing um, military dictatorship. We now go to um, to Bangladesh and Pakistan, a bit of a, a mixture of stories, and you'll see why. Um, it's been three years since the fire at a garment factory in Nishintapur uh, in the Ashulia suburb, um, in Ashulia town in Bangladesh, that killed over 100 workers and left hundreds more injured. The relatives of the dead and the survivors are still suffering as compensation has been in the inadequate, both by the government and the companies. And now on the 30th anniversary, there's been a, uh, a push to actually get more compensation for these workers. Now, this week, survivors of a similar fire uh, just over three years ago in Karachi, Pakistan, with left over 250 workers dead, are travelling to Berlin, Germany, in the quest to get proper compensation from Kik, the uh, German company that was sourcing the governments and the, that the workers were producing. So um, all the best to, to the workers in uh, both Bangladesh and, and Pakistan to keep fighting after those these years. And, um, and, and really it shouldn't just be about compensation, but it should be to um, put the people in charge of, uh, of these companies, in charge of these uh, global chain supplies on, on trial for um, mass murder. Politicians and mainstream media are fueling anti-Muslim hate. Attacks on Muslims are increasing and the fear is causing some women to restrict their movements. Worse, an anti-Muslim political party is launching in October. It's time for people who oppose bigotry to organise. Stand up and speak out against Islamophobia. Sign the statement at www.voicesagainstbigotry.org and ask others to do the same. Don't be a bystander. Voices Against Bigotry is a 3CR supporter. That's right. Don't be a, a bystander. Um, whether you want to come to the counter rallies, whether you want to organise in your community, whether you want to organise a, a festival, a demonstration, public meetings, um, do it because these uh, racist and fascist uh, organisations are, are certainly organising in these times and we all have to um, join together and um, do what we can in our own communities. We now go to our next-door neighbour, uh, to Indonesia, where over the uh, three days during this week, tens of, tens of thousands of, of workers, really probably um, hundreds of thousands of, of workers, have taken action in 22 provinces and 200 cities in Indonesia. Workers are demanding a living wage across the nation and are protesting against restriction to the rights to bargain as well as the current repression by police against trade unionists. Participation by workers in these actions have been very high and um, tomorrow we'll, on our website you'll be able to go and, and see a number of uh, pictures of these uh, rallies and, and actions and uh, I commend you to go and, and see them. They're, they're, ex they're very, very colourful, um, very uh, disciplined and they look great as well as a video. 
Now, in the last few years, the Indonesian labor movement has been able to mobilize millions of workers in their demands for better um, wages and conditions. So we certainly hope that there will be a good outcome as well for them this, um, this year. And um, we just go um, slightly north to Cambodia, where, as reported last week, Cambodian government workers are renewing their push for a living wage across the sector. So you will see that there is a bit of a uh, theme here about a lot of workers uh, pushing for living wages. And uh, it's really a matter of then trying to um, coordinate these uh, actions uh, internationally. A number of international actions and support have uh, and support actions have already occurred, um, but on the tenth of December is the day that all Cambodian government workers will take coordinated industrial action within Cambodia, and many other many other organisations around the world will also take action on that day to support the Cambodian workers' demand of uh, uh, 177 US dollars a month. Here in um, in Melbourne, there will be an event on Thursday, the tenth of of December at half past 5pm. I'm not too sure if it's going to be at the 8-hour monument or outside H&M uh, in the Burke Street Mall, but stay tuned. So that's going to be a solidarity rally on the um, Thursday 10th of December at 5.30pm. But again, we'll put, uh, we'll put the correct uh, details on our website um, tomorrow. So... Um, and one last um, item just to finish off uh, the – oh, no, actually, I've actually got two. But um, um, coming up in, uh, in Melbourne – no, sorry, in, uh, in Sydney on the 11th of December. Now, people will remember that 10 years ago, um, in a media-inspired frenzy, thousands of people converged in Sydney's seaside suburb of Cronulla to un- unleash an anti-Lebanese and anti-Arab riot. As mentioned before, we have seen in Australia the rise of a number of anti-Muslim far-right groups now, and um, they have now uh, decided, a number of them have decided that they wanted to celebrate the 10th anniversary of this riot uh, by rallying in Cronulla once again. So they want to celebrate 10 years since the Cronulla riot. Um, a coalition of Labour anti-racist groups um, are mobilising to oppose them, um, and that's on um, the um, um, that's in uh, coming up in, in December, and um, again on our website. Um, I don't actually have the details here, but um, uh, there'll be a, a link to the pages. And also, um, as a counter to this growing far right mobilisation, the Electrical Trades Union in uh, Queensland and NT branch is the latest Australian union to come out condemning the rise of racist far right groups, and have actually produced a video. Now again, we'll pull up the link next uh, um, tomorrow. But if you want to, if you're in front of the computer and you want to Google it, you can just put Queensland uh, Electrical Trade Unions anti-racist video, and you'll find that. And it's um, nothing short of brilliant. That's all I can say. And I highly recommend uh, everyone to um, actually go and um, and and have a look at it. Hey, this is Nick Rampignano. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. It's um, just on uh, 16 past and 9 o'clock and you're listening to 
Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. And that's the end of the news roundup. If I have time, I might have another uh, news item, but we'll just have to wait and see. We'll go to a couple of convenient announcements and then um, we'll be back with speaking to Colin Long, who's the Secretary of the NTU here in Victoria, to talk about the reason why the unions are involved in the climate uh, change movement and also about the uh, involvement of a contingent of unions at yesterday's massive uh, climate rally that was here in Melbourne. I think there were up to 50,000 people. So we'll go to a, a couple of community organisations, uh, community announcements, and then we'll be back um, with a call on. On Sunday, November the 1st, five members of the fascist group United Patriots Front, the UPF, gained entry into 3CR and filmed throughout the building without permission. In an effort to intimidate the station and its programmers, then they posted the video on the Facebook page. The UPF also made an unwelcome visit to the Melbourne Anarchist Club on the same day. 3CR rejects these tactics of intimidation and expresses our solidarity with other groups subjected to harassment and vilification from groups such as the UPF, who are of concern because of their racist, Islamophobic and anti-Semitic beliefs, hostility to the left and capacity for violence. 3CR reasserts our commitment to progressive politics and our core mission of providing a voice to people denied a voice elsewhere in the media and in society. Affiliated with the station or a diverse range of community organisations, from trade unions to housing groups to music appreciation clubs. We stand by our commitment to provide a voice for Muslims, newly arrived migrants, Indigenous people, unions, women, queers, the working class, people from culturally and linguistically diverse backgrounds and people with a disability. As such, we will continue to do what we have always done, uphold basic principles of human dignity, diversity and fairness. We call on all listeners and supporters to join us in rejecting this amateur schoolyard bullying and the politics of fear that fosters bigotry and the marginalisation of vulnerable minorities. 3CR, where diverse communities work in solidarity with each other. That's right, and um, 3CR is part of the community. We've been going for... um Oh, I think um, it will be 40 years next uh, next year, So, and we're still going as strong. So it's uh, with my pleasure that I can um, welcome um, Colin uh, Long, who is the Secretary of the National uh, Tertiary Education Union Victorian branch, to the program. Good morning, Colin. Morning, Pierre. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. My voice is a little bit hoarse after all the... Uh uh, chanting at the People's Climate March last night, but <laughs> that's that, that's uh, that's what what happens. But um, that's exactly what we want to talk about. And thanks for coming on the on the on the program. So, um, just as a very general um, question for the people who might have um, missed the rally yesterday, can you just give us a brief um, account of how you thought the the rally and how big it was? I thought it was fantastic, actually. I think around 60,000 people or something. It's just always difficult to tell, but I can say that by the front time the head of the march had uh, reached State Parliament, we hadn't managed to leave uh, the State Library. So that gives you a bit of an indication of the size of it. So it was terrific, a massive diversity of groups, a good contingent of unionists, uh, a lot of different climate and environment groups, faith groups and so on. So it was a terrifically diverse crowd. 
Now, of course, there was also a, um, a, a quite a, a sizable contingent of uh, trade unions that marched down from Trades Hall mm. to join the, the march. The, um, can you give us the, the background to why a, a separate contingent of, of trade unions actually came together and marched as a, as a block? Well, the, the way the march was organised actually was the, the various different communities, I suppose, or um, organisations, so environment organisations, faith organisations, um, overseas aid and development organisations, and then unions would, would formed their own, did their own organising amongst their own people. So we thought it was a good idea to get our union people meeting at Trades Hall first and then to come down separately. Uh, it was good to have a union, a big union presence, to have a large number of unions there, um, because climate change is a fundamental issue for unions. Nothing is going to be untouched by climate change, and if we're going to transform our economy in the uh, radical way that we need to deal with climate change, then workers and their unions need to be fundamentally engaged in that process of transformation or or workers will be disadvantaged. We know what happens when trans when restructuring takes place without the engagement of unions. It means that workers get uh, abused and exploited. I think that's a, a very good point that you mentioned there, Colin. Because obviously, um, you know, in terms of any transition to a carbon neutral economy or more renewable sources, there'll be a huge industry coming up, so there'll be a lot of jobs. But there are industries like, obviously, mining, uh, some electricity, and Hazelwood Power Station here in the Latrobe Valley is a case in point. Workers and working-class communities can be very badly affected. So what is the, the tactic or the strategy of the unions to actually um, be on the side of workers in this transition period? Well, I don't think enough has been done yet, to be honest, by the union movement in taking a lead on the transition and the restructuring that's going to take place. I think we need to be called... For a start, we have to say this can't be left up to the market and to business to determine how our economy is going to be transformed. This requires fundamental engagement by governments and by the people who elect those governments uh, to make the decisions. If we leave it to the market, then... um, It'll be too late, It'll be too, the whole process will be too slow and it will also not engage with the workers and the communities that are going to be affected. So we know what happened in the Latrobe Valley during after the, re, the privatisation of the electricity industry in Victoria. The communities were devastated, workers lost jobs and that's because there wasn't a real engagement of unions and workers in de- decision-making about what was going to happen in the Latrobe Valley, if, if those workers and their unions had been engaged, we wouldn't have seen the, the changes that took place and we wouldn't have seen the destruction of communities there. So we need, I think we need new um, institutions, new systems of ensuring um, transformation. I don't think we should be just get, handing over large amounts of money to businesses uh, to make people redundant, that tends to be the process in Australia. When you know, when the car industry closes down, governments either don't care or they just throw a lot of money at big business uh, to do what they want to restructure their workforces, and that often just means paying out redundancies. I think we need to think a lot more creatively and put money into the hands of communities and workers themselves, so that they can create new industries 
well before uh, the old industries are shut down. So it really, it's a transformation in thinking that's required and a transformation in the way that unions and workers and communities are engaged in the process. We can't leave it up to business and we can't leave it up to the market. I think we would certainly totally agree with those uh, sentiments because, again, for people who do remember the privatisation and for the people who uh, don't realise, La Trobe Valley is a region about 200 kilometres from Melbourne. It was heavily industrialised but got decimated through a series of privatisation moves about um, 20 years ago. So in in that um, issue, you said that um, unions haven't done enough. Would you like? Would you be able to say why is it? Is there a reticent by unions? Obviously, a lot of unions support this um, transition period, but why is there a reticent to actually get involved and put quite radical and different plans on the on the table? Oh, I'm going to be pretty frank here, Pierre, <laughs> and many unionists may not agree with me, but. There's a number of reasons. One of them is, well, we're busy fighting off attacks all over the place from the government just in relation to the existence of unions. So, you know, unions are focused on trying to survive and to deliver for their members on the industrial front. But also, I think more fundamentally, we've become, as a movement for a long period, simply interested in expanding the pie so that a few more crumbs fall off the table that the workers and unions get. So we've become fundamentally um, co-opted by the whole process of just uh, of economic growth and um, making sure that business is looked after so that there's more more economic growth and allegedly more jobs, and as I say, then more crumbs will fall off the table. So we've stopped thinking as a union movement about how we can transform the economy, how we can transform the mean, the ownership of the means of production, uh, how we can take control of our economic lives rather than leave, leaving it up to business t- to do it all. And um, so I, I don't think unions have... Um, I think they've abandoned the idea of taking responsibility for seizing real control for workers and communities. They just leave it up to government and business to run that side of things and we'll just make sure that uh, the workers that do have jobs will have reasonable jobs. I don't think that's good enough. Um, I think we would um, agree that that while uh, unions are essential and they're um, you know we need them and we all support them, but we can always we can do better uh, and we must do better not just uh, around this job transition but in all of our uh, fields. So I think we certainly agree with those words, Colin. And we've come to the end of the program. So thank you very much, and um, we hope to see that over the next few years some of your um, of words can be put. Um, into action. Great. Thanks, Pierre. All right. No worries. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye. Three CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out. The sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au.
And that's the end of the program for another week. Um, I hope you enjoyed those uh, news roundup of uh, workers' news from the Asia-Pacific region and the uh, interview with uh, Colin Long, the Secretary of the National Tertiary Education Union, Victorian branch, um, around uh, unions and climate change. It's just um, clocked on 28 uh, past 9 o'clock. Just to um, um, reiterate for the people who are in uh, Melbourne, the... um, there is a snap uh, action and rally against the uh, far-right United Patriots front. So it's starting at the Treasury Gardens at 11am with a dance party and then there'll be a rally um, at half past 12. These are all happening at Treasury Place and um, at uh, Treasury Gardens um, near just on the top of Collins Street. So um, be there and uh, let's keep fighting these um, far right groups. And um, and of course, this is just part of the of the bigger fight. There's lots of other events going on. So let's all um, work united and um, make the push against uh, racism and fascism as broad as possible. But that's all I've got uh, for you today. My name is Pierre Morrow. You've been listening to. Asia-Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia-Asia Workerlinks. We'll be back again next week with another program of, uh, of news from the labour um, struggles of the Asia-Pacific region. Keep uh, tuning to 3CR Radio, and coming up uh, right after this announcement is Palestine Remembered. You're listening to 3CR. This is Billy X. Jennings of the Black Panther Party, Power to the People. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.